Welcome to Massive Damage Adventures, a one-shot, actual-play, role-playing game podcast. My name is Merrick Moyer. I'm the Dungeon Master, Storyteller, Lore Master, and All-Around Host. Every month, I run a one-shot using a different system, pulling in a different cast of players. All intellectual properties, including game materials, setting material, music, and whatever else, are used without permission. None of them are ours. We're just using them to enhance our gameplay. But an extra special thank you to Hayden Lister for letting us use his song Rediscovery as our intro. Check out more of his music at ReverbNation.com slash Hayden Lister. H-A-Y-D-E-N-L-I-S-T-E-R. Also, please rate and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at SkyhammerK and on Instagram at Skyhammer Press. If you want to run your own games and need a few ideas, check out our social media Roll D4 Adventure prompts. And if you pledge a dollar a month at patreon.com slash skyhammerpress, you get four full adventure seeds on every Roll D4 adventure. This episode has been sponsored by Roll20. If you need a virtual tabletop, go to roll20.net to sign up for a free account and get playing. With a marketplace for tokens, maps, and adventures, there's always something to add to your game. Plus, if you pay for a subscription, you'll unlock premium features like dynamic lighting, more storage space, customizable character sheets, and special animated effects. Predation is a science fiction pre-apocalyptic game that takes place in the future past. A few hundred years in our future, a corporation known as Space and Time Interglobal, SETI, began using time travel to send commuters, scientists and tech specialists mostly, back to the late Cretaceous on top-secret missions. The commuters began to use their knowledge and technology to build lives there uh, among the dinosaurs and volcanoes. But within a decade, time travel mysteriously shut down. This left the commuters stranded in the Cretaceous. Predation, a cipher system setting book, takes place 100 years after the last commute. You play the cyberpunk prehistoric dinosaur taming descendants of the commuters from the future. Sati groups, sort of also descended from that one company, control most major towns and cities, as well as most of the technology. Their goal is to fix time travel and return to the future. However, there are other factions trying to do other things. And there's the always looming catastrophe of mass extinction. Because sometime soon, could be decades, years, or months, everything is going to be wiped out. In Season 2 of Massive Damage Adventures, we played Unmasked. And in Season 3, we played Gods of the Fall. Predation is the third and final setting from the Worlds of the Cypher System Kickstarter that ran in 2016. I can't believe that I've had this game in my hands for almost five years. And I only got around to playing it now. This game rocks so much. And I would ask you, do you love cyberpunk aesthetics? Do you enjoy 
Terra Nova or Jurassic Park? Well, you just mash it all together and then you get to go on adventures. Monty Cook Games raised over $300,000 for this Kickstarter and funded those three setting books, the Expanded World Sourcebook, a novel, and a couple of decks. Now, if you haven't played with the Cypher system before or listened to one of our other Cypher episodes, here is the system rundown. Characters are built using a sentence. You are an adjective noun who verbs. Each of those three choices, a descriptor, a type, and a foci, gives you game statistics and special abilities. The resolution system starts with the GM setting a difficulty between 1 and 10. The player then applies effort, training, and abilities to improve their odds by lowering the difficulty. Once the modified difficulty is agreed upon, you multiply that number by 3, and that's the target number for an unmodified d20 roll. Difficulty 4? Just get a 12 or higher on 1d20. You can spend XP for rerolls. You have pools of might, intellect, and speed for spending effort and taking damage. And you have special one-use items called ciphers that let you customize your character session to session with fantastic abilities beyond what you always have. Also, in Predation, you get a dinosaur companion. That companion is played by one of the other players. Our players today included Roya Grinstead playing Gibson, a savage Karn who predates. Her companion was Toby, a clumsy Ankylosaurus. Matt Struth was playing Kaylee, a volcanic Karn who moves like a raptor. His companion was September, a curious T-Rex. Ross Rideout played Halen, a mechanical tech who self-evolves. His companion was Blink, a clever Anzu. Jen Blackmoyer was playing Sadiki, a daring Terex who plays God. Her companion was Freya, a sociable Alphadon. Andrew Wedman played Laux, an empirical Terex who walks with dinosaurs. His companion was Posh, a vigilant Pterodactylus. And Andre de Rosa playing Mar, a creative Osteon who crafts unique objects. The final companion? Houdini, a flashy raptor. Together, they are a strike team of Sati operatives, and they're about to get their mission. The Cawdor Complex is a published adventure with pre-made characters that was developed for convention play and introducing people to Predation and the Cypher system. You can pick up a copy on the Monty Cook Games website. Before we get started, of course, this episode, once again, sponsored by Roll20. Everybody say Whee! yay, Roll20 rocks. Roll20. Yeah, and so with Roll20 today, we are we took a map directly out of the adventure, and I put it on the screen, and it's going to be great because you're going to get to explore stuff. And we've got all sorts of cool tokens wrapped into the character sheets, and everything's all attached. All right, and the adventure. We are today playing Predation by Monty Cook Games. In a forgotten compound built inside a volcano deep in the jungle, a man calling himself Rados claims to have solved the time travel problem that's been keeping humans stuck in the Cretaceous period for decades. 
He's been boasting through a number of agents he sent out into the world of a nearly complete working time machine. Something that's been unheard of for almost a hundred years since the last commute. The moment when all time travel broke down. The six of you are in a small clearing in the jungle, a comfortable Satie camp on the trail between settlements, when the whirring of mechanical wings disrupts the afternoon. A robot drone flies over the treetops and heads directly towards you. You've seen this type of uh, strange dragonfly-like drone before. It is a SATI uh, cyber drone used often to deliver messages, and it buzzes down towards your camp. Uh, so let's start left to right with Gibson. If, Roya, you would like to introduce your character, say what she's doing as the drone flies in and what she looks like and stuff. Uh Okay, so, like, Gibson is probably uh, running up something so she can jump and tear at the a drone with her claws, her expertly manicured uh, modifications. Uh, so she's running up, grabbing and going right for a wing. Um, this, is, this is a friendly drone. This is oh. something that... Sends Whoops. information to your organization. I thought it was hacked. That's my no. bad. She's not doing that. She's not <laughs> okay. doing that. I just... She's so... She's a little aggro. <laughs> she's a little aggro. Um, so she's probably just uh, watching it land. Uh, filing her expertly manicured artificial claws. Um, which today she has set to a nice... Uh, pink to blue fade she has um she has a uh, kind of a muzzle type mask with uh clear claw uh fangs that kind of echo her claws um but that's just hiding what's actually in her mouth which are also enhancements um she's got a couple scars that she's highlighted with glowing makeup uh she's kind of petite but then when you see how she moves and stuff there's a lot of muscle under there um and she's got like a short bob cut uh kind of purpley blue hair and uh big hood and kind of flowy robes uh not flowy robes like a flowy hoodie and tight uh kind of jogger style pants and uh, a tank top. And uh, the hoodie itself is a little more flowy. Cool. I just wanted to attack something right away. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, and Matt, what is Kaylee doing? Uh, Kaylee is um, probably uh, uh, polishing his mace or maybe his spear. You know, his weapons of some kind and going... Basically smiling, is like, yeah, we got another job, kind of a thing. And he is very much, right from the beginning of, of setting this up, I pictured Kaylee as Jane from Firefly. That's actually, it wasn't a sla- snap decision, that was like right from the beginning. I always wanted that. He's even wearing a really ugly knitted hat that he, he, he takes a lot of pride in. 
don't scuff that hat. Don't don't do it. Okay. And Ross playing Halen. Uh, Halen doesn't really respond too much. Halen's kind of sitting on a rock in this like camp area, and he just kind of takes a drag on his e-cigar and watches as the drone comes in. He's not too too worried about it, and he's not really gonna actively do anything until something more happens. Um, and Halen is bearded. He's got a ponytail done up in a braid. Uh, and he wears, like, mechanics overalls, and it says he has a lab coat on my sheet, but I'm actually picturing that more of a welding jacket that he's got on, and he kind of has undone unless he's actually working on stuff and wants the added protection, and he's got a set of goggles uh, strapped to his head. Nice. And Jen, Sadiki. Uh, Sadiki's sitting around the fire. She's um, carving just something out of wood, being very quiet. Uh, she is, uh, she's a forest girl. So she has um, some different like paintings on her forehead and under her eyes. Um, she has very long kind of beach wave uh like burgundy hair with um, different plaits in it and some like claws and like a skull. So just like things she's picked up in her adventures in the jungle. Um, yeah. And she's, she's quiet, but she's always pushing the envelope or trying to do something new or doing the larger jump or fighting the bigger dinosaur. And um she likes to try to win, and she likes to try to control how things turn out. Nice. And Andre playing Mar. 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 Yeah, Mar. Uh, yeah, Mar looks up, sees the drones coming, and it's mostly just a feeling of, you know, annoyance. Like, oh, what do they want now? All right. So just waiting for... You know, whatever new task or job is going to come in. Yeah, mostly just annoyed. Um, Mar is, um, like, imagine the young version of a mad scientist. That's what he looks like. He's got, like, a big lab coat with a bunch of pockets. Um, all sorts of, like, gadgets and tech stuff hidden somewhere. He'll pull out at a moment's notice. Um, his eyes are just a little crazy. Like... <laughs> He's a good guy, but he's got a little bit of the crazy eyes. So most people find him a little off-putting, even though he's a nice guy. <laughs> okay. And Andrew playing Laux. Uh, so La Laux would be just kind of coming out of the jungle, uh, eating, eating some leaves that he found. Uh, and he just sees the drone and it's a little bit of excitement. Like that he gets to go out, but also a little bit of annoyance as well. Like it's probably going to be a boring mission or something. Um, he's kind of always stuck in his ways, and um, yeah. And, and as far as how he looks, uh, has long flowing hair that's kind of put up into a bun, a uh, little scruffed uh, uh, scruff on his. Um, where a beard would be and uh, some tattered clothing that he just kind of 
tied together or sewn together little roughly. Okay. And so the group has all gathered and the drone flies in and it's, you know, like, um, you know, platter sized. It's not huge and it sort of lands and uh, there's a little area on its back that sort of pops up with a little screen and you see uh, a recorded message and the face of a uh, Saiti operative named Arslan Saliha that you have worked with before. And he says... All right. We've got the mission. We're sending you into the Cawdor complex. Complex. We want you to discover if what Rados is saying is true. And if it is, we want you to take the technology and bring it back to home base. If possible, bring Rados as well. I don't need to explain this to you. You are some of our best operatives. But Sati needs to control the time travel technology. If it does indeed exist. More details in the files. And he signs off. So, uh, in the drone, you have a little bit of information and a couple of things that you can grab. There is a, a small section that pops out with uh, um, a map that you can grab. It shows the Cawdor complex at the base of a um, active but uh, relatively small volcano. Of course it is. Of course. About a half day's journey from where you are right now through the jungle. Um, let's Mark, see. isn't that the best places for evil lairs? You, you would yeah, know. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking about using this volcano myself, but, uh, you know, it's already occupied. Well, let's go make it unoccupied for you. <laughs> like, is there a market for that? Like, is there a listing? Or do you just have to scout it out? Is there, like, how does that yeah. work? Do you guys you have to flag? You plant a flag and it's yours. So. I think it's squatted. So let's right. just burn his flag. Well, we have to take his time machine and then we can burn his flag. There's no okay. time machine. Or we take his time machine and go back to before he even made the base, and then we're we're good, and it's mine. <laughs> can we can we do that? I mean, it wouldn't oh. violate the mission. So I'm seeing yeah. nothing wrong in the logic. None. Although, if we weren't sent there, then how do we get the time machine? You're thinking about it too much. I don't like thinking. Okay. <laughs> don't worry about the temporal mechanics, because he didn't make one. He's wrong. I, I think if we're going to take the time machine and potentially take him, we might as well just take his whole lair and put up a new flag. Don't go back in time and have to rebuild. Like, it's already built. The work's done. You can just take it. See, that makes sense. Just scribble, scribble over his just mar across his face. <laughs> so <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> yes, there, there are two notes of uh, import in the assignment. Otherwise, on the map, uh, the marking for Cawdor Complex um, says that it is a refurbished station 
that was abandoned for safety reasons. And then underneath that, in sort of like a new marking, uh, more updated, it says resettled by Rados and his researchers. And uh, there's a note saying that uh, Sadie recommends that you present yourselves uh, at the base camp as Sadie uh, agents who are sympathetic to Rados, or you might even pretend to have already joined his faction to get past the outer station and into the inner laboratories. So, so uh, just... I was going to say, a little bit of background. Uh, Sati was the um, uh, space and time interglobal uh, corporation that spearheaded time travel and brought about 20,000 people back from the future to the Cretaceous. And in the hundred years since the last commute and time travel stopped working, Sadie has kind of splintered out into the government of several different areas, but they're not really, you know, um, interfaced. They're all Sadie, but they don't necessarily work together. So, yeah. A little bit of background. So is Rados not affiliated with Sadie? He is officially a Sadie um, scientist. He just doesn't um, report to the same people that you report to. He's apparently struck out on his own and has his own little Sadie group. Okay, so we're trying to take his stuff for our Sadie. You got it. All right. So we take his flag, wear it, and then we look like we're part of his group, and we can get you the volcano. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah. Let's... I can get us in there. I, uh, I'm, I'm persuasive. Let's I call... can speak blank, if you know what I mean. Let's call wearing the flag plan B. Well, I think it was metaphorically wearing the flag, you know? I don't know. Oh, I was being. True. What's the metaphor? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty good at sewing. I could, uh, could sew a nice robe or something with the flag. Could you sew the new flag we'll put there once we take it? I, I mean, we need material. But, yeah, yeah I guess so. I'm sure. You want to use this shirt? It's just got a bunch of holes in it. It's the holy flag. <laughs> I, I like that. I like it. Um, what time of day is it? Uh, right now, it is about lunchtime, and it'll take you about a half day's travel. So if you set out now, you'd get there as it was getting too dark. Hi. I think we should head out there, scout them overnight, and then make our plans in the morning about how we wish to infiltrate. Or just be honest and walk up, I suppose. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, there's only so much we'd have to lie anyway, because we are with Satie. We don't have to say we're with his Satie. Yeah, we're with Sadie, but not that Sadie, who's affiliated with the other Sadie that's not this Sadie, but it's a different Sadie on that Sadie. 
who works that city. I'm exactly. Mario, you got that right. You'll, yeah, you'll we're uh, definitely not. We're not butterflies. You'll smooth <laughs> it out, but we've got a plan. Yep. Okay. So uh, you set out from your base camp and start heading through the jungle, following the map. Uh, it is a trivial task. The map is very uh, accurate and to scale. And as the sun is setting, you find yourselves at the base of this volcano. It is about um, a thousand feet tall, 300 uh, meters approximately. Um, and you can see on the western side an outpost base camp with several sort of outer buildings covered by the foliage, uh, a couple of guard patrols um, heading back and forth, supported by two large teslasauri, or rather teslasaurs. Are they electric dinosaurs? They are. And oh, they are! With, oh. with <laughs> electric yeah. uh, panels on their back spines, there's arcing energy between them as well as between the spikes on their tails. Those are cool. It's basically, if I get my Latin right, it's a Tesla monster. Yep. So sorry, what are they doing? Uh, they are patrolling with the guards, much as your companions travel with you. And right now, uh, because you said you were scouting, you are sort of back into the forest, um, taking a look at all of this, not heading up close enough that you are going to be uh, noticed as yet. Does this seem like formidable uh, resistance against us going in guns a-blazing if necessary? Yeah, the size of the buildings, you would guess that there's a couple dozen uh, people here, and uh, not all of those will be armed. They look like they have a pretty significant support staff, but uh, the Teslasaurs are not the only dinosaurs they have. There seems to be a pen with others. I want to make it clear to the party that if guns a-blazing is an option, Halen has no guns. So, <laughs> just just going to make sure everyone's aware of that. So it's not enough. Neither do I. And she just flexes her fingers. Who needs them? I don't think guns a blazing should be an option in the first place. Agreed. So, should we stay here and watch their guard over the night and see how they work their schedules and their sentries and just see if there's anything out of the usual for what would be a normal research lab? That's an option. I think our, our best option might be to just, just, just do walk it. in and talk to them. I don't okay. know if sneaking is going to work. If, uh, if this Rados guy is anything like me, he's going to have you know motion sensors and things like that. I don't think we're going to be able to sneak our way in. So, either guns a-blazing or tongues a-blazing. Ooh, okay. That was a no, bad phrase. <laughs> <laughs> edit, edit that out. We're going to repeat it like four times. 
Okay. We definitely are. It's it's an in joke. <laughs> it's it's now the catchphrase of this entire thing. Tongues yeah. Ablazing. Tongues ablazing. Uh, yeah, Sadiki is very happy with what she's pretty easy going, so she'll start marching towards it pretty loudly, as to not be sneaking. Okay. Uh, so does Sadiki go alone, or do they all go with you? We're not okay. doing this yeah. in the morning. And taking a rest after that long march. All right. Doop, doop, doop. Okay. Maybe they'll feed us. I don't know. You start heading into the camp, and immediately a couple of guards sort of uh, see you and point you out to the others. There isn't, like, an obvious... uh, antagonistic sort of uh, look to them. They don't appear hostile. Uh, one of the Teslasaurs kind of like makes as if to charge towards you, but one of the guards uh, says a little bit of something and it and it stops and kind of slams its tail down. I'd like to use one of my powers. Oh, okay. I would use, like, the, use the ability Hush now. Cost me two intellect points. Through voice and action, you can temporarily convince a non-human creature with at least some biological components and within short range that you are its parent or creator. It remains calm for two rounds as long as it focuses attention on you. Action. So I'm going to start doing like a clicking. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like get down, like squat and make calming gestures and then click and say like low words to it to see if I can get it to come to me for pats. Okay. Um... One sec. Non-electrifying pets. Okay, I would say that you still need to make just a little bit of a roll because it is a guard creature. So I would say you've spent that and you have the ability to do so. Um, Go ahead and make an intellect roll. And let me double check a Teslasaur's level. Do I get any sort of like bonus to the roll because of the thing? Or you're yeah, just... I'm reducing the difficulty. Because a Teslasaur is a level 5. And I am going to say that it's going to be... You've eased it by 2 by using that ability. Well, I rolled terrible. I got 6. Okay, so that unfortunately doesn't get it because you needed a 9. Um yeah. And so it sort of looks at you, and it kind of cocks its head, and then it stamps its foot a little bit. Cool. All right, and eventually one of the guards kind of comes out and says, um, Howdy, folks. What's your business here? Uh, We're here to see Rados. We've got some useful, important, possibly life-saving information for him. Ah, well, you're probably going to want to talk to the captain then. She makes sure that everybody who goes in is uh, on the up and up. And he kind of looks you over and says, You're Sadie Folk? Yep. Who else could we be? Uh, Well, there's a couple of subversives around here, but you look uh, up and up. Come on, Hunter, because apparently he's a cowboy. And... uh, he sort of waves you past, and uh, the Teslasaurs look at you, and you get a better look at the complex, this interior area. 
sleep and work and so on um, if they're not directly scientists. None of the stuff that you're seeing is uh, research-based. Um, and at the back of this sort of large cave-like area, there is a bridge that goes through a natural um, cave tunnel area, and there's there's a a palpable dry heat coming from it as it it enters into the volcano. And this guard brings you forward to a woman with uh, a Sadie uniform on, uh, a newer generation one, like one that's been uh, sort of kitted together from a couple of scraps and local things and made to look like the ones from a couple generations ago. Uh, She's got some knots of rank on her shoulder and wears her hair like really short. And she sort of turns and dismisses the guard after he explains what's going on. And she says... I'm Captain Jaron Way. What's your business? Uh, yeah, as I told the guard outside, we have some uh, useful, important, potentially life-saving information for Rados. We must see him as soon as possible. Okay. Do you want to make an intellect roll to uh, convince her? You could, in this case, like flash some SATI credentials, which you actually have and are not faked. To reduce the difficulty by one. Nice. Okay. I'm also trained in persuading. Perfect. So the difficulty starts at six. Mm-hmm. You show your credentials. You bring it to a five. Okay. Trained in persuading brings it down to a four. Okay. And then I could also use some uh, effort. Yeah. So if you spend three points of intellect, you will reduce the difficulty by one additional step. But if you have an intellect edge, you get a discount. So you would only spend two. Two. Okay. I'm going to try to click the button from the character sheet, and we're going to see what happens. All right. And so we've dropped this difficulty to a three, I think. Right. It was six. One for credentials, one for skill, one for spending. Two intellect points. Nice. So you need a nine or higher. And I hit okay. I don't know if it's rolling yet. Does it take a second? Might. I don't see it in the chat. Oh, uh, the next one was submit. I rolled a two. Oh no. Yep. So we don't have any experience yet. So there's no re-rolls right now. But she sort of looks you up and down and says. What kind of information do you have? Why is it so urgent? I can't go into too much details. My orders were to only give the, the important details to Rados himself. But what I can say is there's a plot against his life. Interesting. Okay. Um, then you can go ahead and make another check. I would say that plot against his life, that definitely plays on something that she's worried about and will reduce the difficulty to a five. Credentials, again, bring it to a four. And this is a lie. Do you have lying? I have a, I have a skill called creating a narrative. <laughs> Sounds like a narrative, sure. <laughs> and I'm going to 
I'm going to do effort again. So I'll get it to a two. Is that right? No. Hey, everybody. Two three again? I'm sorry. Um, I never moved you. No, we're just sitting at the start screen. There you hey. go. So now scroll over to the left and you get to see all the things that I was talking about. Sweet. Okay, sorry. So let's run through that again. Uh, it was a six. You bring it to a five because uh, she's worried, and that's a really good uh, lie. You bring it to a four with the credentials. Yep. And then a three with the skill. Yeah. And then and I'm gonna use... you're going to spend some effort again? Yep. Bring it to a two. Okay. I'm going to get this thing. I'm going to get yeah. this thing. Yeah. Come on. Rolled a 20. Whoa! Whoa! Nice! Nice. 20 is a major effect as well. That's pretty good, right? Yes, it is. I mean, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) She's just jealous. So something really good and really big happens. Do you have an idea, or do you want me to come up with something? Uh, I mean, I feel like the most obvious thing is she completely, like, over the top believes the story, and she's like, panicking, like, oh my god, we need to get you in there right now! Definitely, definitely, and um... Hmm... I think... I think that what she'll do is she'll actually say... Um, yeah, we've got to get you in right now, and you haven't been here before. Um, and she calls over a couple of the guards and says, you need to outfit these um, uh, these messengers with uh, magma stats right away. I like this person. And so each of you is given a lanyard uh, with somebody else's credentials on it, and they are magma stats like the lanyards are called magma stats or they have magma stats on the lanyard they have magma stats on the lanyard and that word is not um familiar to any of you you have no idea what she's just outfitted you with but it was a major effect that will get you through a further challenge apparently just nod and smile Mm, thank you do our dinos get anything Dinos do not need anything. Okay. Is it just like a reference card for the stats of magma? Right. <laughs> now, no. It's like falling into magma bad. Don't do it. You die. Huh. Just written in bold letters. It's like, I did not know that. Touch magma. You are dead. Mm. Cool. <laughs> stats. Thank you. Okay. So, um... You've been outfitted with magma stats. You are uh, being ushered forward into um, into the complex. My roll twenty is frozen. <laughs> oh no! The technology. You can't need to get that. to the time. <laughs> the time. Uh, need to get there now. Technology is <laughs> crashing on us. Yep. This is what we get for not choosing butterflies. Technology is rebelling. Doesn't want us to discover the secret of time travel. 
No. Okay. I got to work in again. Cool beans. All right. You are here and you get to move forward into this bridge that, as you see, goes into the uh, volcano. The uh, catwalk is about 10 feet wide um, and is about... Hmm. About 75 feet above active magma that slowly undulates and bubbles beneath you. It looks like it's fairly stable, um, and it's not like uh, red, red hot. It's mostly sort of like cooled stone lava. Otherwise, you know, in here would be unbearably deathly oven hot. Gross. Are there guardrails on the bridge? There are guardrails. That's a good thing. They they packed their um, OHS requirements for full villain layer. Those city OSHA fines will really get you. <laughs> Do our companions come with us on this journey? Is that a pretty normal thing for dinosaurs just to tromp around inside a lair with their people. It is. I was going to say, oh, it better be. My my question is, will a T-Rex fit on this? It's a baby T-Rex. It's like the size of a horse. Slightly larger than a horse. It's not as useful now. <laughs> but it sounds so cute. <laughs> All right, and so you're moving forward, and um, as you head into this super large open um, area, there is, uh, like, you can see sort of upwards into the open um, top of the mountain, into the sky. Uh, it's, it's a big chamber lit up from below uh, in reds and golds and um, you begin to head over the bridge and you can see on the other side a large uh, sort of metal hallway area that is uh, that runs sort of across the side of the walls uh, there's a set of double doors and uh, a room sort of to the uh, to the northeast. I'll reveal those as well. Posh did not dive into lava. He's just flying around. I was going to say, I'm <laughs> really sad that my companion's gone already. <laughs> <laughs> that did not take long. <laughs> it just went, oh, cool, lava! <laughs> no, I, I, it's a lot smarter than that, I think. That's excellent, as uh, Posh gets our first GM intrusion. Oh, sorry. Posh, no! <laughs> Damn it. Uh, oh, so air rises. Um, Posh flies over, and um, as it is flying it notices a massive um, apatosaurus 
on a um, on a platform, like just a little bit underneath the bridge, and it's lying there with a long tail lying in the lava. You can see its body is uh, uh, its its feathers and scales uh, appear to. Um, have been modified in some way to reflect the heat so that it is a, a creature that exists here amongst the lava and it notices Posh and raises its head up uh, beside the uh, beside the bridge. Oh. Yikes. Is it really that big? <laughs> It's a fire type. It is that big, and it is a fire type. And it sort of trumps a little bit, and then uh, turns around and swings its tail at Posh. That is the GM intrusion. Unfortunately, you don't have any XP to to buy it off. Nope, but but, I like that XP, please. Yes, you get two XP, and you may gift one of those to some other player. Uh, I am going to give it to uh, my new friend Andre there, slash, um... I forget your character's name. Mar. Mar, right. Yeah, sheesh. Uh, Because um, he's a talker, and uh, we we could really use him not failing roles. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. Uh, as for poor Posh, he is going to try and dodge the hell out of that. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and uh, make a roll. Posh has stats and so on, and effectively it's it's just a flat roll against a... Uh, in this case, it's not a... It's more of a an annoyed love tap than a direct attack, and the difficulty is a 2, so a uh, 6 or higher. Okay, so I can't convince you that um, it, it, that since uh, 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 Posh has a asset on initiative whenever it's in with long range of its companion, that maybe it can act first. No, GM intrusion. <laughs> I know. I tried. Weasel my way out of it. Good like try. A... Thankfully, I got an eighteen. Nice, and so Posh. Uh is able to easily sort of avoid the large Apatosaurus. And you'll see that I'm changing scale because these tokens were just way too big. All of you were like three meters wide. It's wondering... We got little baby health bars now. (laughs) Can't get me, you stupid flaming thing! (laughs) That's what Posh is saying. This this bridge is way less scary than I first thought, now that we don't have to walk across it like one one (laughs) abreast. I can stand away from the edge if I'd like to. 
There we go. And I made Toby in September bigger. So the fun thing is those magma stats, uh, they, uh, the captain will have told you, make sure to turn these on before you head over the bridge. And you did, because if you hadn't, the Apatosaurus would know that you were intruders and would try to knock you off the bridge into the lava. Magma. That's a cool type of security. I have to agree, but what the hell? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have seen it coming. I want to try and investigate and see if I can figure out how it's sending a signal in case I need to try to replicate this. Absolutely. Go ahead and make an intellect roll. Right. I would say difficulty four. Okay. And allow me to bring up my character sheet. Um, I've got IDing and understanding machines or technology. Definitely applies. Cool. So that brings it down to a three. Um, doot, 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 doot. Sorry, I'm just seeing if anything on my phone character sheet gives me anything extra. Would my hacker ability work? Uh, you gain quick access to a desired bit of information in a computer or similar device, or you access one of its primary functions. So I'm not sure if this is the type of device that that would work for. No, it's not um, Not so much computerized. Okay. It's definitely more of a radio. Okay. All right. And I'm not going to pull out any tools and start messing with the magma stats. So uh, I'm just going mm. to spend some effort. And I do have an edge in intellect, so I only have to spend two. Bring the difficulty down to a two. And let's see what happens. Cool. I rolled a 19. Nice. Uh, Minor effect. Nice. So, um, yeah, you can see that the magma stats send out a very weak radio signal. And you can assume that the uh, Apatosaurus-like creature uh, has some sort of receiver built into its body or its brain. That basically it's like an electronic sense. It understands that something on the bridge is not sending that out. And so, yes, you would, with a little bit of work, have the ability to replicate that if necessary. Okay. Um, and I am going to offer you a GM intrusion and say that while you were doing it, you busted yours. There are still five others in the party, but yours uh, becomes non-active. And for that, you would I'm offering you two XP, um, one of which you give away to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I will give the other one to Roya. Let's give our slasher a, an XP to use sometime later on. Nice. Thank you. Is that thing just going to try to knock me right off the bridge now? 
No, right now you're surrounded by a bunch of people who have their magma stats on, and you're close enough sort of towards the end. Um, okay. If you try to run across the bridge later and you're alone, maybe that's going to come up. So I am also able to determine that if there are enough similar signals nearby, that will mask me as well. Yes. All right, that's fine. Okay, so as you get across the bridge, you can see that there is a big set of double doors obviously in front of you. There appears to be a room up to the north, and then this hallway off down to the bottom ends in nothing, in a dead end that was not quarried away into the mountain. Uh, did the head cap guard captain lady, did she tell us where to go? Uh, yeah, she would have said make sure to report to the guard post through the double doors at the end of the bridge. Alright, we should probably do that to keep up appearances. Uh, knock, knock? Or is it open? Can we just walk in? It is locked. And oh. so you knock on it, and in the door, a screen pops up, and through it, you can see... Um, confused. Hang on. Sorry. Ah, yes. So through it, you can see a guard post room with like, you know, a couple of screens and a couple of chairs. Uh, there's one person who has stood up and has sort of, like, pressed a button on the other side of the door, activating this two-way screen. And um, there are uh, four other guards sitting in chairs or chatting and standing. A total of five guards. And the guard on the other side says, uh, What's your business? Uh, as we told the guards outside, we have urgent news to give to Rados. Kratos. Um, yeah, they gave us these magma stats. Like, it's very urgent. We have to get in there now. And um, kind of guard kind of looks at the other ones and then kind of shrug a little bit. Uh, go ahead and make a uh, I guess a storytelling roll. Okay. <laughs> How difficult. Hmm, for this, it is a difficulty four, and that counts the fact that you have your stats, magma stats, and credentials. Okay. Oh, wait, hang on, having steady... Oh, no, I read that wrong. So the difficulty is a four, but having the credentials reduces it by three steps, so it's only a difficulty one. And then so with your skill, skill? you bring it to a zero, and you automatically succeed. Uh, can I roll anyway to try to get a 20? Yes, you can. Oh, I don't roll any but, but It does mean that you can potentially roll a 1. Which is a GM intrusion with no experience uh, gained. Yeah, maybe I won't risk it then. And that's a good point to say that we are not playing with my usual house rule that I do in campaigns. That rule is you cannot spend XP to re-roll 1s. We're not playing with that. You can re-roll any dice that hit the table. 
Okay. I'm just going to take the free win. Yeah. And uh, they kind of look at each other and they shrug. And um, uh, they open the door. And your entire troop of six folk and six dinosaurs uh, comes into this relatively small and now crowded guard post. You can see that there's a hallway past them uh, that is in um, like a full intersection, left, right, and forward. And they say, um, Rados is usually pretty busy. I haven't seen him around in a while. You might want to ask some of the scientists or... Sorry. Oh, we lose somebody. We lost Craig. I'll try and Kitty. get Craig back in a second. Those Ryan. kitties are Instagram famous. I was going to say, that kitty has an Insta. I don't know. Dang. Oh, yeah, That's I guess cool. it does. I don't know what it is. I haven't looked at it at all. You're a bad Instagram cat dad. Yes. <laughs> I, um, I follow them on Insta. <laughs> Me too. Um, so he'll say, you might want to talk to uh, some of the scientists or um, or Valentina. She's um, kind of like the base operator. Uh, first door on the left. Kudu? All right. Uh guess we'll go see Valentina. What do you guys think? Yes. Sure. That totally makes sense and is very exciting. So we're supposed to go left? First door on the left into this. Oh, no. Oh, wait. We don't go down the go hallway. Up. Do we go down are the hallway? Going, are we going in or are we going up? Oh, there we go. I have revealed it. So we'd go this way? Yeah. Um, so as you're sort of moving in, you can see that uh, duh, 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 duh. directly across um, this room with the big old nine on it, uh, it's filled with computer screens and monitors. Um, and a couple of people, three scientists sort of working around in there, uh, not paying any attention to you. And there's two doors that lead off of that room. Uh, if you were to go right... The hallway ends in two doors. Um, potentially silly question. Do we know what Rados looks like? You do not. <laughs> do they have like a portrait of our founder somewhere? No, like... They unfortunately do not. Okay, so they're not full-on cult status yet. That's That's probably a good sign. <laughs> Or academic. Am I able to take a quick look at the screens? Like, just like if I'm standing right, I don't know, there or something? Yeah, make a um, an intellect perception roll um, to sort of see how much you get. I would say any details you would need a difficulty two. Would I be able to add a special ability called quick study? And I could take a round to study whatever is in front of me and gain the facts. Uh, yeah, you could do that instead of the roll. Uh, yeah, then I'll do that. And then I just gain an asset on my next non-combat action. 
Interesting. Okay, so yeah, spend the points for that. Oh no, September. Um, Curious. I can't uh, see with the dinosaur in the way. <laughs> so, um, you you spend the points and you sort of look, and on the screens there are a uh, couple of screens are showing a, a very large chamber whose floor is slotted with several massive bioreactors large enough to hold dinosaur-sized uh, subjects. So they are scientific containers that um, are used for study. Yeah. And uh, the from where you're standing, you can't see if all of the um, bioreactors are... Uh, filled or even what dinosaurs are in them and people are kind of moving back and forth and then a t-rex comes in and the scientists kind of turn and say uh whose rex is this and and uh kayla can't and uh one sec sorry stepper come on come on girl come on who's our good girl come on girl all right go ahead and make an intellect test uh the difficulty is a three, so you need to roll a nine or higher for September to listen to you. Okay. Uh, that is uh, an eight. All right, Ross, she doesn't listen. What do you do? Sorry, <laughs> where, where in the room are all of the things? Uh, it's kind of like there's a couple of uh, computer desks and there are screens sort of all over, all over them. There are screens on the walls, a couple of chairs. Two doors, three scientists, and the like dinosaur containers. Those are just on the screens; they're not in the room, right? Correct. Okay, September starts meandering around the room, kind of looking at the screens. And uh, <laughs> Kaylee's like, "You're not curious. It's a freaking ankylosaur." <laughs> no, vice versa. Not clumsy is curious. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, this is a good thing. Otherwise, there are, would be some smashed computers. What, so, um, I, I have one idea. Before uh, Mar, if, if uh, sorry, if September looks like he's about to get into trouble. I, I have a cipher that I could potentially use. However, um, when it comes to um, September himself and me, I get an asset in all perception tests when your companion is helping you search, look, or listen. So, you know what? I wouldn't mind actually taking a quick look around myself just follow September and like convince her that you know we're on a job let's look at some stuff yeah well also actually uh, looking myself to see what it is kind of using her as a like a like come on girl come on girl but he was like hey actually you know what I'll take a quick look myself she's like staring over the shoulders come yeah. on let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah sounds good uh, make an intellect test uh, for searching um Yeah, and uh, I would say you've got that information already from uh, Andrew's quick look, although you don't necessarily have it, so there might be new information with a difficulty three. Okay. Which you then would reduce to a two. Well, I got 16 anyway, so boom. Nice. Um, and so you can see from some of the readouts that uh, the scientists are attempting to study dinosaur DNA, 
to get um, to glean information about time travel. Hmm. So the bioreactors in this room, further in the complex somewhere, um, are scanning. So um, another thing to talk about in the setting real quick, the ciphers that you have, the special abilities, those are not actually like physical items. They are uh, effects that you can create that are encoded in your DNA. Future scientists made stuff and send it through time, sent it through time, and then you can walk through shimmery time anomaly portals and download those things into your body and then use them. Are they still one use like ciphers? They are. One of mine sucks. It's get rid of all other ciphers. <laughs> Thanks. Not if we throw you in the middle of a big pile of technology and have you detonate it. I think they're only if they're already on me. Oh. What it okay, yeah. yeah that's yeah. odd. Anywho, um and the scientists are kind of like bunching up on the other side of the room, and one of them's like, um Um if it's not really housebroken, you probably shouldn't have that in here. There are some delicate items and equipment. It's a T-Rex. Of course it's not housebroken. She's all natural. <laughs> and someone, and like that scientist kind of steps back a little bit further with like an, ugh. As, as I also, for flavor's sake, I, I have like a big mace, a, a spear, and then probably other, all kinds of weapons and stuff on me. So I look... And, and I'm big, you know. I, I look decently imposing myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I needed a, a, a T-Rex. Who's a little curious. So sue him. Okay. Um, is anybody else doing anything in this room? Did you want to talk to the scientists more? Or would you like to head on to... Uh, um, I'm going to... I'm going to use the fact that I'm very dumb and don't know who we're looking for um, visually and just, like, go to the most, like, efficient-looking scientist and just be like, Are, are you, doctor? Are you the guy? <laughs> like, are you, I've heard so much about your work and... <laughs> Just, like, very trying to act like she knows what's going on, but obviously does not. Oh, um, do you mean Dr. Rados? Yeah! That's you, right? No, Dr. Rados is, um, currently indisposed on a, on a bit of an, um, uh, uh, an investigatory scientific experiment. He's in the bathroom? <laughs> no. Uh, he is testing our latest uh, device. Oh, right, right, right. Um, that's really embarrassing. Could, could you explain, tell me what he looks like so I don't make the same mistake again? Oh, um... Yes, uh, older gentleman, dark hair, uh, distinguished, a little bit of gray right here, strong jaw. Um, usually, um, uh, 
with his with his um, with his companion uh, radishes. Oh, that's a cute name. What is radishes? An arco acroplosorex. Sounds less cute. Cool, thank you. Uh, thank you for saving me from future embarrassment. Thank you. And I'll walk back to the group. <laughs> Bye. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, not the doctor. <laughs> All right, what do you do? I'll actually go over to Mar and like, well, using uh, September's continued distraction, be like, should I be looking for temporal stuff or you think we're far enough in? Really quietly. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, Rados might be currently in another time. So could help to try to track down where he is, what he's doing, where he launched from. That sort of thing. Oh. Okay. Um, I have a Numenera. Or sorry, not a Numenera, a Cypher. Wrong system. Or one game. I have the Time Seeker. Oh, what's that do? So I'm... um, Allows me to sense the presence of time anomalies within one mile, which I assume... How big is this volcano? Uh, One sec. How many meters are there in a mile? Um, 1.6 kilometers. 1.6 kilometers. Yeah, so this... um, This... The base of this volcano is like a fifth of a mile. Okay, cool. So I can pinpoint the location of any current time anomalies in the area, learn their level, and gain a rough estimate within a few minutes of how long each will last. Nice. Uh, this is a level. It's level nine, and it lasts for one day. Oh, so- dang. Okay, do you want to use that right now? I'm just going to say, I think I think I can do this for, like, a day. So if we get stuck here or something, like, we're not going to be here that long, right? I think this is going to be a quick in and out, 20-minute adventure, you know. That's sure. Um. So I will uh, focus and activate that. Okay. Um, and so it's almost immediately apparent that there are, in fact, three time anomalies within this complex. Um, Two of them are Mm -hmm. moderate level. I don't know the exact level, but they are, they are moderate. Um, I'm just seeing, Oh, they do have them. Okay. Uh, They are level four. No, that's the, that's a different thing, not the time anomaly. I don't know what level the okay. time anomalies are, but these ones are moderate level. Okay. However, there is a third one. Uh, we'll talk about those first two first, actually. Um, the two moderate level ones, one is at the end of the hallway, uh, just right over here. Sorry, I have to alternate. Okay. There we go. 
Um, yeah. One is so right can, over there. Can we flavor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. the other one of sort of moderate size is much further in sort of the northeastern section of the um, of the complex. And then there mm-hmm. is one that is effectively level 10. It is massive. It is like really, really powerful. And it is to the south and slightly east of you. Ooh. All three of them, according to your cipher, will last indefinitely, which is not something that should happen. I should have bet money. <laughs> Did you find um, traces of time travel? Um, can we flavor this as my my eyes are kind of glowing like in the art? Absolutely. Sweet. Um I just I'm really excited. I've never seen this much before. So time anomalies are things that semi-naturally occur as a result of all of the time travel that's happened. They come into existence and then they disappear. They're like scars on the timeline. They're not mm-hmm. necessarily um, proof of new time travel. But, but permanent ones like this. Permanent ones are pretty unusual. I don't know if it's Official, but it's staying. It's permanent. So does that mean he actually built a time machine? I wasn't expecting that. It's got something. (laughs) Maybe he just like tied them down. Sorry? No, no. I was just gonna... Sorry, Mar, I think you lost the Evil Genius Awards this year. For now. (laughs) For now. We'll see. You can only steal his patent and we'll still burn his flag. (laughs) (laughs) There's one that way. And I'll just, like, gesture um, using my hand as, like, a mini-map. Basically point to where they are in my hand. Like, say, we're here, one's here, one's here, one's there. For, for so the... the close one, the close one that's just north of us, is that where this Valentina base operator lady is? Or is she, like, here? She is uh, this one. First door on the okay. left, which is, yeah. So this is the office. This door is actually open, okay. uh, leading into an office. And then this hallway leads off into another room so which has a medium time anomaly sure does all right well we should figure out where we want to go but we can't go anywhere until this t-rex starts listening is that correct yeah but uh, the t-rex has now officially effectively sated its curiosity and uh uh, i mean unless ross your t-rex continues to be curious no the september is just not trampling over the rest of the party gotcha she's a good girl nom 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 like give her a steak (laughs) it's just a big old full steak she's got a bag of steak steak. 
<laughs> and just she loves steak. that steak. Pocket steak. You think this pocket backpack's steak. for like, like resources and things and, and useful stuff? No, it's steaks. Andrew, audio test. I haven't heard you in a while, so if you're talking, no, no, I'm just listening. Okay, listening intently, yeah, and just good. staring at all the blood that's soaking through the backpack. <laughs> that explains why he smells like the pit. Hey, it's true. It's true. So, what do we think? We got three options on where to head. Talk to base operator. Check out mediocre time anomaly that's close, or check out super anomaly that's pretty far away. Let's do the two. Two pterodactyls, one arrow for now, and then we can go do the other stuff later. What are you going to do to my pterodactyl? Nothing to yours. That's a good idea. And one of the guards Mm -hmm. back at the guard post says, Hey, so this uh, Ankylosaurus is real friendly, but we don't... um, Could you take it with you now? He's like trying to push it towards the door. Obi, no... Toby, come here. Toby will run down the Obi. hallway, trip, skid a bit, and then get back up, and his tongue rolls out like a dog. <laughs> Good, Toby. Does, does anyone Good, know if if on uh, roll 20 there's a way to hide all of the bars above our characters' names? Uh, I have control of that. Who would like me to hide them? Like, if you can... if. I can just not see them on mine. That would be ideal. I'm I'm with Ross on this one, though. I'm yeah, having a hard time seeing where people are. Uh, just just a Dino Buddy note. Uh, Mar, Houdini can help you with storytelling. Oh, cool. Oh, Lies, trickery, yeah, yeah. diversion, and misdirection. So, raptor jazz hands, I guess. <laughs> Did that work, Ross? No, I still see all of the bars. Okay. If it's too difficult, it's not that big a deal. I don't know why they're not going away. Okay. While we're just standing here, and when Toby trips and falls, Freya's just going to run and jump on Toby's head. Just like stare down into his eyes, like kind of smile a little bit. Toby wigs its tail and hits a wall. <laughs> Toby, Toby, inside happiness, Toby, inside happiness. <laughs> I can't keep paying for the wall damage. I found out. Toby just cocks his head. Oh, Toby. Okay, so um, you move over to that room, and Gibson can see. Uh, so as you pass by the open door, you can see a um, like a, an office with a woman sitting behind a desk. Uh, she hears you sort of moving by and kind of shifts a little bit, but doesn't appear to be interested in looking out. She's very um, like focused on her work. And then as you move to the end of the hallway, you see uh, 
a whole bunch of scientific machinery surrounding a wavering time anomaly that is uh, floating in the middle of this chamber. There's a door on the opposite side, big enough to, uh, like another set of double doors, big enough for big dinosaurs to pass through. Um, And there are three scientists, uh, one sort of like holding a, um, a digital clipboard and taking... Uh, like noting down measurements at the time anomaly, and then two others at terminals. Uh, do any of them match the description? None of them do. Hmm. These are not the scientists we're looking for. <laughs> this isn't the big Thank experiment. You. And uh, eventually one of them turns around and goes, Um, who are you? Dr. Ruben, it's so good we found you. Like, wait, did I get the wrong doctor again? Um, (laughs) Dr. Sontag, Dr. Minton, Dr. Hoffman. Doctor, doctor, doctor. Um, but who are you? No. We're looking for Dr. Rados. <laughs> and like holds up the clipboard like very primly and says, I can't just, um, where are the guards? Who let you in? We have badges. The captain. Yeah. Badges. Multipass. <laughs> Multipass. And, uh, he kind of pulls up a little bit short and says, oh, um, ever so sorry. I didn't realize that you were um, with uh, Interglobal. Um, uh, Rados, uh, Dr. Rados is not here. Uh, he's He's been gone a couple of days now. Do you not find that worrisome? No, he should be back within a couple of days. Where did he when go? When is he gone to? Uh, he is testing the latest iteration of the transit device and um, well he keeps those sort of details to himself our job, very important is just to um, manage the time anchor in this one Um, can I go up to it and just get a sense for it like level wise and stuff sure and he's like, uh, uh, um, okay, oh, oh, oh. I know right. what I'm doing. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's stabilized. Um, and so, like, just sort of looking at it, it is, like I said, about mid-level. I'm not certain what the level of time anomalies usually are from the core book. Don't know. So let's call it a level five. And, um, he kind of pokes his head around and he says, um, yes, it's... Level five? It is, uh, yes, and uh, relatively stable. The time anchor is working to spec. Uh, you can still pass through this and receive uh, downloadable information from the future, but uh, it, it, it doesn't decay. Did you say we step through it? Um, you can, if you need to. I step through it. Okay. Um, so no, we're stepping... 
stepping through it, you can, um, you sort of like enter this uh, gray space where you no longer have sort of a physicality and you, you bounce a little bit through sort of like a static between times. Uh, you've done this before. Anybody who adventures in uh, Gravach can, has done this. You can replace one or two of your ciphers if you choose and you can sense something hard and heavy that uh, you assume must be whatever they were calling uh, the time anchor. Oh, I so need to get in here if I can get in your Can I look over their shoulders at the monitors and stuff and get a sense of the readings as uh, as people are going through? Uh, sure. And as you sort of like head over, um, the a woman that the guy pointed to and said was Dr. Minton kind of says, um, I'm sorry. I, um, she kind of reaches out her like really like thin, like hands. And she's like, I, please don't touch anything. I understand that you're corporate, but, uh, we are the specialists. I won't touch a thing. I'm just here to observe. Okay. Question? Yes. Does this feel in any way different than any of the ones I've stepped through before? No, it doesn't feel different in that way. The uh, The main difference is whatever that hard spot is. Did Can you... I touch it with my atoms? Uh, yeah, you could make an intellect Ooh. test, difficulty five. Uh, okay. I, this won't really work. I have find origin, but it's only for creatures or plants. So unless this is a creature or a plant. No. Dang. Five, you said? Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry. Um, that would be, it's actually... Like, you can move towards it and touch it, no problem. It's um, a concentration to try and move it. Right, but I'm just trying to see if I can tell what it is, right? Yeah, so if you sort of, like, move yourself over towards it and uh, sort of, like, start to sense it, you can see that it's kind of like a palm-sized orb, uh, hard. Uh, You don't get much more than that. Then I am going to try to take it. Okay. Give it to uh, me. So go ahead and make an intellect. Uh, I'm going to spend. So it'd be three, right? Uh, yes. You spend three, reduces the difficulty by one. Um, yeah. And I don't have any effort roll, right? That is what you spent the three for. So your effort becomes one. Oh, so the difficulty doesn't become four. The difficulty stays five. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, the difficulty would be five, and then you spend the effort, which brings it to a four. But if you've already put in the difficulty as four, then effort is zero. Okay, I I fixed it. Cool. Success. I got a success? You did. You rolled a 16. I was on the right screen, and that is awesome. Okay. Um, So you grab it, and you begin to move it. And uh, Halen, who's looking over the screen, sees all of the bars go to error. And uh, the scientists start 
freaking out. And uh, the one is saying, like the one right beside you, she goes, what did you touch? What did you touch? And uh, the other one, Dr. Hoffman, um, she says, she's she's touching the anchor. She's moving the anchor. Uh, Get the guards. They apparently suspect sabotage. Are we not allowed to move this? I'll sort this out. I, I'm going to, I tell the scientist, no need for the guards, I'll go tell her to stop. And I go into the anomaly to find Sadika and tell her whatever you're, or I guess Sadika and Gibson are in there, right? Did Gibson go in? I might have missed that. No, Gibson's right. I, I did not go in. Sorry, I'm Kaylee. I'm what's happening. Kay- Kaylee was really wanting to go in and get a new cipher, but if that's too much time, he cannot. It's fine. You can. We'll just see if the scientists let you after however this resolves. <laughs> I I will get Siddiqui out of there. Okay. Um, so you step into the time anomaly and it's, you know, very odd feeling, but you can also sense this super hard area and kind of feel Siddiqui around it. And then you see it start to move and slide towards reality. Okay. Is there some way for me to, like, can I see Siddiqui at all? Or is there some way I know of that I can communicate in here? Um, We'll say that, yes, uh, there's probably a little bit of static that you got to get through. Um, So, actually... What I will do, because I don't know if there's sort of static you can get through, and since I'm introducing that as a complication, I will say, GM Intrusion, I had 2XP to Ross and say, it's difficult to talk inside a time anomaly, um, and you Wait. must succeed at an intellect test difficulty 3 to, um, to get your message across. If you have XP, you can say, nah, Merrick, I don't want that. And you can spend one and get rid of it instead. Might do that. Um... It does seem like it would be hard to talk in a time anomaly. (laughs) Seems like it. (laughs) Yeah, our atoms are touching. (laughs) You know what? This is important and I don't want the guards called on us. I am going to actually spend my XP to say, no, I can just straight up tell Siddiqui, stop it. Okay. And so, so yeah, I, I, uh, I come in and I go to the anchor and find Siddiqui and I say, they're getting the guards. You need to stop this or else it's jeopardizing the mission. Have you ever seen something like this before? It doesn't matter. You're jeopardizing the mission. Because you're right, Merrick. Most things don't have anchors. Uh, whatever this anchor is, this is something that they have designed and put in here. It's definitely the tech that you were sent to steal. But I mean, like, um, probably a part of it. You don't know where Rados is. You don't know what'll happen if you get out of here and on your stuff right away. And there might be a bigger one later. We can figure this out later. Oh, I thought I was just solving their problem. No. I was... <laughs> no. And the three sides are and like jams it in. Found your problem of why you can't get the portal to go away. There's like some sort of ball in there. <laughs> they don't even answer. They're so busy. 
and uh, eventually, after like some furious stuff, uh, Doctor uh, Hoffman says, "It looks like it's stabilizing. The wave uh, did not uh, begin a full cascade failure. Uh, it is. It is <sighs> okay. We're good." That's a cascade. That sounds bad. I thought you wanted it out. And uh, Dr. Sontag turns towards you and says, no, 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 no. The, the anchors maintain the static wave that is giving us our advances that Dr. Rados needs us to maintain. And hopefully this didn't give him any trouble. Otherwise, we're fired. Oh, I'm really sorry. I thought I was helping. My bad. But like a cascade, what does that mean? Um, uh, the 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 anchors they work together in a sort of a, a, a lattice that keeps these um, time anomalies synced. Uh huh. And if you remove any of them, that mm-hmm. synchronization begins to fail. The wave collapses and. Our um, uh, our experiments fail. Will the so, volcano explode? Why would the volcano explode? Oof, okay, last time I ran into something that cascaded, there was like a lot of fire, so that's cool. Okay, good to know. I mean, it's certainly a possibility. I would say that high 50 percentile, that um, that much energy passing through and uh, ending would agitate the... Magma flows, yes. That is a possibility. Uh, Good to know. <laughs> so how how trippy was it when Siddiqui moved the, the anchor for me to watch? Um, it actually wouldn't have changed the exterior too much until the anchor came all the way out. Okay, so it didn't completely, like, did it get less like it didn't change anything for me at all. I mean, it might have like had sort of like a wave-like effect, but nothing psychedelic and nothing too Dang scary. Um, that did not look as cool as I would hope. Well, Siddiqui, just like, I'm, I'm my face is very red. I apologize. I just hadn't felt something like that in one of those before, and I thought I was helping. I apologize. The doctor just kind of nods and says, "We really need to get back to our work. If you're looking for Doctor Rados, you'll you'll have to wait. He's he's very very busy." I'll like turn my back to them so that I'm facing. Um, uh, what's your name, Ross? Halen. Halen. I kept thinking Helen, and do like a hidden by my body thumbs up. Uh, to the doctors before we go, I'll just like, you should really put up like a warning sign or something about not moving the anchor in the anomaly. Because people are going to want to poke something. She's not wrong. And the like sort of uh, very short, spindly uh, scientist says, I feel as if that is self evident. <laughs> Obviously not. Clearly not. And uh, the other one says, 
I agree. We should put doors so that scientists do not, or so that non-scientists do not enter the lab. This also just seems like, you know, like. Wait, that's just okay. <laughs> and I'll I'll go back over to Toby. Well, should we go talk to this lady now? Yeah. We've bull- bullied enough scientists for now. Yeah. Before she finds out we messed with stuff. She said she was, like, head down at her desk working, didn't even notice us walk by. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and same as you come and sort of open the door now. Uh, she's a middle-aged woman, long, dark hair, um, in very tight uh, multitude of braids. Uh, she's got a set of data goggles covering her eyes. And she's got a data scarf that glows with changing mathematical formulas and simple images. Just moving along in a scope. And uh, underneath her desk is a small Venoraptor. Oh. Is that the thing with the frills that hisses? I have no idea. Okay. That's a Dilophosaurus. Thank you. Ah, yes. No, a Venoraptor is made up. Is it a venomous raptor? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, well, I will uh, try to disturb her as politely as possible with little... <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Um, who are you? Uh, I'll say with the, the same story. The same story. Important information. Life-saving information. Plot against his life. We need Dr. Ados. Well, um... Dr. Rados is as uh, safe as he can be from assassination. He's not on the base. Yes, we gathered that much. Uh, so, when exactly is he? You said that you're from Sadie? Yes. Badge. Oh, well, um, it's uh, very interesting that the other branches are taking uh, a direct look at this right now. Um, I would say that most likely he's not back for another couple of weeks. Um, I mean, you can leave a message. That's funny. Uh, the, the nice lady down the hall said a few days. At what point do you start worrying that somebody already snuck in and killed him? If it's a couple weeks, a couple days. Seems like bad planning to me. Well, um, there's not really any way to um, keep better track of Dr. Rados if you've ever worked with the eccentric genius type. I work with this one. And I just heard him are. <laughs> well, then you probably know how uh, sometimes painful my job is keeping track of this base and keeping everybody uh, working on their projects while our head scientist jaunts off. Uh, is yeah, it, it can be a pain. For anybody to get to him right now? Could they follow him somehow? Um, I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, 
we don't know precisely what Dr. Rados is doing. Um, he keeps most people out of his personal lab. Um, I would say that it is highly, highly dangerous to do anything without his direct supervision. And if he comes back and sees that people were touching his machinery, I would fear for your safety. Right. See, I'm I'm referring more to a would-be assassin following him. And we would have no way of knowing if that had happened. Unlikely. This uh, this device that he has is it's temperamental. Um, from what I gather, uh, nobody has been able to verify any of Dr. Rados' findings, let alone recreate whatever it is he's doing in there. Where's his lab? Um, sorry, not to interrupt. Can I... Would uh, Gibson be able to, like, roughly state where that large level 10 anomaly is? Uh, yes. Uh, one sec. So, uh, Valentina would say... His lab is um, on the south end, but it is sealed. Um, nobody has authority or access in there except for Dr. Rados. And to answer your question, Roya, uh, the large anomaly is on the south end. So that confirms his location leaked, because that's where we were informed the assassin was going. Southeast. Do you want to make a lie type roll? I'm going to say, isn't that right, Mar? (laughs) (laughs) And And so Mar can make a roll reducing the difficulty by one additional step for the help from Gilbert Gibson. Gilbert. Okay. Uh, what's my difficulty to help? Let's see. Where is she? Are, are there Jap to Raz hand, Jap, yeah. Raptor jazz hands as well? Houdini's yeah. just being yeah, like nodding. Sure. Like, I feel right. like using Houdini for this would need to be something he could help with. Like maybe a distraction Houdini's, or something. Yeah, maybe Houdini's playing with the Venoraptor. They're being adorable. Aww. So it is a difficulty five, drop to a four for the help from Roya. And uh, if Houdini is playing with the Venoraptor, that would drop it to a three. Nice. Uh, and we're creating a narrative. So reduce it one more time for skill. Yep. So that gets it to a two. And. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll use some effort as well. Oh, bring it down to a one. Three or Ooh. higher. Come on. Let's go. Cool. I rolled a four. <laughs> Success! Thank God. 
Um, and so Valentina says, Plucky, stop that! And she shouts at her Veneraptor. Uh, and the Veneraptor sort of runs away a little bit, and then I am going to do another GM intrusion. No. Oh. And I'm going to say that Freya is in the room, and Plucky oh, no. sees Freya and thinks that Freya looks like food. This is why I was trying to avoid the room with Freya. <laughs> <laughs> As the little Veneraptor runs away from Houdini, it sees Freya and looks hungry. Uh, Andrew, I give you two experience, one of which you can give to somebody else. Um, I'll, I'll give the experience to Mar. He's doing most of the talking. Rich. <laughs> and, uh... Plucky attacks, and Freya needs to dodge uh, a level three attack. Okay. Um, I have a skill of speed defense. Yep, that applies. So then it is a level two difficulty. Um, Also, apparently Veneraptors have spiked armor. Oh, cool. so it's goodness. a little spiky raptor. Okay. So, sorry, what's the difficulty? Uh, you've dropped it down to a two, so you need a six or higher. Okay. Ooh, I rolled a three. Uh-oh. Um, how much no. health does Freya have? Six. Freya takes three points of damage as no. Plucky grabs it up in her mouth and sort of worries it back and forth like a terrier with a rat, at which point Valentina says, Plucky, down! And Plucky drops it very uh, very quickly. I'm gonna play dead a little bit and, like, really make her feel bad for letting <laughs> that happen. <laughs> Jen, how does how does Siddiqui react? Oh, I thought it was Freya that was getting eaten! Yeah, Freya. Yeah, Freya yeah. is your companion. No. Yeah. Mine is Blink. Oh, my mistake. Who is Freya's? I thought Blink okay. was Halen's. Yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah, Freya should be sneaky with Jen, you're playing Blink. No, I'm playing, I'm playing Blink. Toby. Oh, man, what's happening? <laughs> is, 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 Nobody wants is, is Freya, Freya belong to no one? <laughs> Freya belongs to Jen. Oh, it Freya wasn't under my character Siddiqui. portrait before. It was under Ross's character portrait. It was, yeah. Huh. Ross, your companion should be Blink. That's so ours what I just have switched. In my information. In the pictures. Like okay. when we first started? Okay. Might have been. I might have just mixed them up that way. And then so Blink, I have Andre and Ross. And Freya, I have Andrew and Jen. Okay, well then. Why won't you love me? (laughs) I'm super excited. I didn't think Freya was mine. Um, You're excited about this? No, about having Freya. (laughs) Freya. So I skip up Freya, and I am going to be drama. Heck yeah, you go. Just want to make her feel real bad. 
Um... Uh... Oh, I gain a positive social interaction with my companions in immediate range. Nice. But I guess this is a positive. <laughs> I'm pretty pissed. <laughs> this is definitely not positive. But weren't they convincing her first? Didn't he pass that? Yes. And that's all going to be wrapped in together. Good, because I don't want to screw that up <laughs> by yeah. me just about to yell at her. Um, I'll say. Oh, I'm you keep a better watch of this base than you do of that cold-blooded garbage raccoon. Wow. Those fighting words. And she calls Plucky over to her side and it hops up into her lap and she holds it and she says, it's not Plucky's fault that your little warm-blooded creature is looks like food. Um, if you're information says that there is a threat to um, Dr. Rados, then I suppose you'll have to investigate, but our guards are very, very good, and anyone getting in would be noticed immediately. Looks around at the sick view. I'm sure they would. Well, we've been sent here to verify, so... Please just let us do our job. Yeah, so she'll let you know that um, Rados' lab is on the south end, but uh, nobody has access to get in, so. Do we have a hacker? Yep. Sweet. So I guess we'll head over there, and if we're doing that, um, uh, Sadiki's going to call it now and say, He's totally hiding in there. He's not time traveling anywhere. This magic thing that only he can use and will tell no one about. Yeah, he's lying. I'm. I... Just that sitting is around. Where the... We're gonna find him in his boxers, <laughs> eating Cheetos. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, oh. um, to sort of head back. Uh, you have to go back through the uh, the room where all of the monitors were and open up the next door. Uh, and so I think now is a good time to just take a quick break. Let everybody stretch your legs, grab drinks, go to the washroom and stuff. My chair is going. And uh, five minutes. Five minutes. Nine fifty. Five minutes, okay. Great. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Massive Damage Adventures. We do a different one-shot every month, and I hope you check out our next one. Please rate and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at SkyhammerK and on Instagram at SkyhammerPress. If you want some outtakes, keep listening after I stop talking. Hey, Everybody, Craig. welcome Craig and G-Arc. Hello. G-Arc. G-Arc has been a world star for the last uh, couple recordings because Craig got updated at some point and so now drops audio and occasionally falls out of the call sometimes and G-Arc is a backup recorder in a completely different location so if I have trouble with Craig I can get G-Arc's download and fill in the missing bits here's the really bad thing 
I honestly thought you were talking about people there for a second. <laughs> no, we got a million bots. <laughs> bots, bots, bots. Oh, Groovy got winter themed. Oh, is it? oh, look at that. Groovy's got a winter theme. <sighs> Sorry, everyone. Had to get my product placement. Coca-Cola. Not Sorry. working. I'm busy crying over nope. the music. <laughs> is it bad that my headcanon for Toby is Toby becomes the Ankylosaurus mummy that's in uh, the Drumheller Museum? <laughs> I mean, that's Toby Endgame. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> Clumsily falls into tar. Yep. Not not during this campaign unless we have to end him. But oh, well, no. actually, we. No, kidding. But uh, no, just excited to have an ankylosaurus. Yeah, why isn't Liz in this game? Yeah, exactly right. Merrick's cousin, who's a paleontologist. That is rad. She's rad. Hi, Liz, if you're listening. Oh, you know I'm going to tell her, like, hey, I ran a dinosaur game that's completely unscientific. You should absolutely listen to it. She does love when <laughs> we bring up unscientific dinosaur things. Merrick's having some technical difficulties. Just give him a moment. Technical difficulties. His mouse broke, a button sticking in, and it happens to be his push-to-talk button. Oh, first you <laughs> technology! First you trust us in the past, and now Merrick's mouse! What will you do next? <laughs> Thematically appropriate technical difficulties. I thought he was just writing down the magma stats. 